Welcome back to another brand new episode of Appleosophy Weekly. It's a very special episode, the bonus episode. It's only our second bonus episode that we've ever done. I'm joined by my co-host, Will Sigmund. Will, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm reeling from all of the news and honestly, so much of it that you and I decided that we needed to have a bonus episode this week just to make sure that we're not having like a four hour long one uh, one episode. So I'm glad that we're being able to have an opportunity to unpack some of the stuff here in the middle of the week. I'm still absorbing it all, taking it all in. We just had iMac reviews, iPad reviews earlier this week. We're still waiting on obtaining our iPads and our iMacs. We don't have those in hand yet, but we'll be very happy to share our thoughts with you next week when we get a hold of those. Some big stuff happened today. We were joking earlier about doing a bonus <laughs> episode, kind of joking. And yeah. then we were like, okay, maybe not. And then all of a sudden... Apple drops this huge bomb press release in in a way that they've never done before. And what was in that release? As you may know, Will, today is Global Accessibility Awareness Day. I was not aware. And you're not aware of that? I was not until this post. Interesting. Apple is previewing some powerful new software updates today. I'm assuming this will be included in the new beta iOS 14.7 beta one that they just dropped. And there's some huge in features in here in the realm of accessibility. Why don't we just go down the list in, in order? Because okay. uh, I'm, I have lots of different friends and sometimes even family that have different accessibility needs. And there were actually several things in this article, not the least of which was the hearing aid news that got me excited. But let's start with the ASL. Uh, sign, what was it called? Sign time. Sign time, so, yeah. So you so, can connect with an ASL interpreter, it looks like, to receive Apple support. So you're trying yes. to troubleshoot things on your iOS device. You can open it right in the browser. It directs you to this uh, link. It's signtime.apple.com slash support. And it looks like it's built right into the web browser. And yes. this is available for... Uh, customers in the U.S., U.K., and France currently. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And by the way, before we get too much farther, I did just get iOS 14.7 prompted on my phone, beta 1. And I, we're yeah. talking, folks, that it literally dropped like 10 minutes before we got on here to record. We weren't even planning on talking about it, and then they decided to drop another bomb here. But I know a, a, a few deaf people or hard-of-hearing people, including myself, even though my hearing loss is not profound. That's the what they call people that have, on the higher end of hearing loss, they call it profound hearing loss. There's a um, spectrum, correct? There is a spectrum, yeah. And mine is on the low end. I have a hard time hearing higher frequencies, mm. but it's only 10% to 20% loss as opposed to like a 90 or 80% loss. So, uh, point is, hearing aids allow me to get by in everyday life, and they help with clarity and that kind of thing, but there are definitely people that are either have profound hearing loss or they're just completely deaf, and this functionality really opens up the ability for them to get help in a way that they just 
probably haven't very much. If they have had this type of catering to uh, their needs from Apple before, I'm sure it would have required them to go into an Apple store where they do employ all mm-hmm. kinds of people with different uh, needs and uh, different accessibility specialties, including one of my old co-workers. Shout out to my old co-worker, Schaefer. And I've actually known several employees that have been deaf from Apple back in my retail days. But anyway, I posted this all over the place, including in my, we have a, a an Apple room in my work chat. And even one of my co-workers immediately got excited because his parents are deaf. And he sent it immediately to them. And he was he was very excited. So it's just all kinds think, of different people that apparently either know or know people that know people. I think it's so tremendous uh, to see Apple's relentless efforts when it comes to accessibility. This is something that's been it's it, this is one of the things that makes Apple so special. Is and, and they've said it before. They've said technology is at its best when it's designed for everyone. And you really have to make accessibility a priority. Uh, a primary consideration when you consider building tools that you want everybody to be able to use. And so it's really awesome that's remained a priority for Apple for so long. And it's perhaps some of the most innovative work that Apple does, aside from the health features on Apple Watch that save lives every day, could be these excels, these accessibility features, which, I mean, are revolutionizing the industry. Yeah, I, it's... I think in some ways, these features, when they're not necessarily put in front of your face, uh, a lot of people that either don't need them or don't know people that need them aren't aware of how deep these features really go. But I, I would dare say a lot of people either could benefit from these, use these, or know somebody who does. And that actually is what struck me too today. Obviously, there's a a lot of information here to unpack, but I saw at least four different features where somebody came to my mind that I was like, oh, this will be great for this person, and I shared it with them. I know people who are colorblind, who are deaf, who are visually impaired, who have hearing aids, obviously myself. And there were just like thing after thing I was reading, and I'm like, getting excited over and over again and i'm really glad that it was it dropped this way as a pr announcement even though historically uh, i can't recall a time when apple has actually done uh, a drop like this out of the blue especially it's with usually that. something that they reserve to talk like primarily to talk about at wwdc as far as accessibility features and this would have been blow away if it was packed in with ios 15. Let's break down the next feature here. There's assistive touch for Apple Watch. And this is some breakthrough technology. It actually uses the gyroscope, heart rate sensor, all the different sensors that are built right into Apple Watch. And you can actually use gestures with your hand. It feels straight out of a a sci-fi movie. You're, you can use pinch gestures, clench gestures, uh, clench your fists a little bit, and it actually will bring up a uh, virtual cursor on the Apple Watch that you can interact with and control on-screen elements. I think it makes a better impression if you can see it in action. So if you have an opportunity now, why don't you pause the show 
and go look at Apple PR. Just Google Apple Newsroom and look at the, the post that was posted on May 19th of 2021 and you can see a little bit of the way down uh, a demonstration on this and I agree dude it's like stuff in Minority Report or Avengers as you said and it's just it's using existing stuff to build new stuff which Apple is really good at doing existing hardware yeah yeah exactly and who knows maybe they were planning on this since the Apple Watch 4, Series 4. Some of these solutions, though, Will, are so interesting. It's nothing short of innovative. That's the only word I can use. And this is going to be revolutionary for people with limited mobility that can now interact with, App with Apple Watch in ways that they couldn't before. I could picture people like myself that don't struggle with mobility issues still using this. It's the solutions that Apple dreams up are so innovative. I think it's interesting how... Even hearing us react to it, we're not seeing this from the lens of an accessibility feature. We're both, our reaction as people who don't have mobility issues in our hands at least, or the ability to having trouble interacting with the Apple Watch. It's funny that our first reaction is, this is cool for me, and this is like a movie, but in reality it was made as an accessibility feature. That just goes to show you that they're including everybody in their accessibility design which is a huge thing and as you mentioned it but i'm just a big evangelist on design being accessible and, and created for everyone and this is a such a great example of that i'm thinking maybe if you can set up special shortcuts like you can define what clenching does or pointing or whatever be the case did they say that you can yeah, okay. it looks like down here at the bottom, Will, it has some Siri shortcuts for specifically for accessibility. They created a brand new category oh. and you can browse there and there's an accessibility assistant that will educate okay. you on some of the accessibility features that are available. It has some features for messages to, you can batch add reminders. So more than one reminder at once, just by talking, time tracking, toggle switches, different things. And these all work with the MiFi devices, the made for mm -hmm. iPhone devices. And so... Do you, do you remember that video, I think it was like in 2017 or 2018 that went viral, and it was a lawyer who filmed himself getting pulled over, and he knew what his rights were because he was a lawyer and this, that, and the other. Anyway, it, it went viral, and I think it made more people aware of what their rights were after that as far as recording yourself when you're being pulled over or just for any kind of evidence or, or that kind of thing. And so... Mm -hmm. There is a popular shortcut for Apple shortcuts and, and, and Siri and essentially triggered by, hey, Siri, I'm being pulled over and essentially it does a bunch of stuff that emulates what this guy did. It immediately opened up the front camera, started recording, call your significant other, like all in the span of just a few seconds. So you don't have to, you're being like concerned. I say all that to say this, I'm thinking about setting this new functionality up that when I clench my fist, I'm going to get shortcuts to call my entourage for backup whenever I'm clenching my fist. What I'm entourage, Will? What... Into a fight. Come on, man. <laughs> Got to get everybody. Hey, man, Will's in trouble. Will's in trouble. Avengers assemble. <laughs> I can then send them my location. And it might take them a long time to get there. 
<laughs> but I'm totally joking. That but no, realistically, it, let's unpack this a little bit because that is our motto, unpacking the tech of yes. today. Something like the SOS feature or the emergency uh, calling feature, feature that yes. directs you to 911. Maybe you have a pattern of uh, fist grabs, fist clenches, pinches, whatever it may be, that when this pattern is performed, it automatically calls emergency services or dials your emergency contacts. That could be useful for everyone. You're right. Actually, you're. I started this as a kind of a joke, but yeah, you're right. That's much less obvious than holding the sides of your phone. I've set mine up personally to not make a sound when I do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've done that or not. Because I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I'm getting chased or like I'm in a back alley and it's quiet and I feel like I'm in danger or something like that, then I don't want... I don't want the assailant, if you will, to inform that something's going on in, in my pocket, calling everybody and alerting them. And I figure if I don't draw attention to it, then he's less likely to come in and realize my phone's doing stuff and let the phone actually do what I'm intending for it to do. This is just a lot more convenient and less obvious way, and probably even faster, to to do exactly what you just said. Great point. There's also some other stuff here. We have eye tracking support for the iPad. So that's going to be built directly into iPad OS. And you can use these, these MiFi devices, these made for iPhone, made for iPad uh, mm -hmm. devices to enact a cursor on screen and control it with your gaze, which I think is really cool. Yeah, they've had some stuff that. That already. works with the true depth camera, correct? Yeah, something like that. This is certainly going deeper. And once again, I doubt the majority of people, possibly even listening to this, who are Apple enthusiasts and whatnot, even realize, I think it's called switch control. Yeah, it's in the uh, settings right now. as switch control, and there's like a lot of stuff you can do. It also can be a little bit cumbersome if you don't need that all the time. So even though it can do some neat stuff, this sounds like it's possibly going to be, you know. This sounds like it requires extra hardware. Yeah. Well, which maybe I wonder if Apple it realized, yeah, oh, it says specifically yeah. it'll only work with a MiFi device. I think it's one of those things where Apple realized uh, how disruptive it can be to the experience overall if you have these controls up all the time. So if you have a dedicated mm -hmm. hardware device that you're interacting with using your gaze, it's a lot more intuitive and less disruptive to the overall experience. I wonder if that's something that Apple discovered in its testing. Yeah, I, I imagine so. So it looks like we have a new feature with voiceover here. Now, voiceover can explain or describe images that are on the screen. So the example that Apple uses here, it shows a, a woman, she's in a canoe, so to speak, and she's leaning down and touching the water. Now you can select portions of an image if, and this is meant for people who are visually impaired or, or blind. Otherwise it'll describe the image to you using voiceover, which is pretty cool. So in this example, it says slight right profile of a person's face with curly brown hair smiling. So it'll describe what's on the screen to you. Now I'm assuming this, this is using Apple's descriptive photo mm -hmm. machine learning tech that they developed. So you could say forest landscape and they show you all the pictures that you took of trees or so on and so forth. I, th I think that's the way this tech is being integrated here. I don't know if Apple's added to that 
AI over time, but it's very interesting. We talked a little bit about hearing aids and audiogram support. Where do you see these tools being useful? So that's a great question. And actually, somebody in one of the chats brought this up, and I'm glad they did as a point that I'd like to mention. And their point was, hey, will this eventually... What it seems like is when you're looking at these audiograms, so that's what you would see in a traditional hearing test. So whenever you're getting these in a traditional sense, you go to an audiologist and they have this box and it's generally like outside their office or near their office or sometimes in their office, but it's this giant box and it has like a window pane kind of looking into it and it's completely uh padded for sound it's almost like an audio booth and you go in and you put on these headphones usually they're special uh they're not like they're not super big but like they're made to output all kinds of different pitches and this is the way i found out uh, about my hearing loss as well and so whenever i've gone to the audiologist you sit down and they go around the booth on the back and that's where that window pane is and you don't look at them you're facing away from them and then what they do is they play a series of frequencies and the best way i could express for those who are curious to have a similar experience is to go into if you have airpods pros or max you go in and there's a test you can do as of ios 14 where you can see, I believe it's audio accommodations. Yeah, audio accessibility settings, and then headphone accommodations. When you turn those on, you tap custom audio setup on that page, and it essentially, it, it shows you a splash page of what it is going to, you know, do for you. And ultimately, it goes through, and you go, and, and it plays a series of different sounds and asks you to be in a quiet place, and essentially emulates and simulates what you would go to at an audiologist. Anyway. So, I have this, a question for you. Would you say that this is a whole new level of convenience? Is this where, data that you could hand to an audiologist and tell him, hey, I did a test at home, and this is what these are, these are what the numbers say? I think... For now, it's actually more of the opposite. What I just described is fine, but in no way is it necessarily scientific. It's not medical. It's not vetted by anything. It's just, uh, here's what I think I hear. And the phone suggests, based on you telling me these things of what you think you hear, Here's where we recommend, and we're not even talking like that many levels of different customization, but like one or two things uh, to maybe lower mids or raise highs or that kind of thing. What this, in my opinion, is it, what it seems like it's doing. It seems like this is going to take the audiogram that your audiologist is doing like in that booth. Oh. And usually that kind of hearing test maybe takes 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And allowing you to either scan the PDF or somehow get that data into your phone to where it's a more fine-tuned, medically sound recommendation for your true needs. Now, where I was getting at 
a minute ago, though, is does this mean what you're saying in the future? Could you do an audio test at home? And the answer to that is probably eventually, but I think we're still a ways off from that. You got to think about all the different hoops that you have to go through in order to get like a prescription. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, I don't know how the FDA is necessarily involved, but something akin to the FDA or American Audiologists Association, I don't know, some kind of like group like that would have to give its blessing. Those organizations have given their blessing or their approval, so to speak, to features like the ECG feature on the Apple Watch that was introduced all the way back with Series 4 in 2018. And if you take a look at those, Apple's very clear about these are these are health tools. They're not diagnostic tools. We can't diagnose you. Apple Watch cannot detect a heart attack. And I'm sure we've all seen that screen if we've taken an ECG on an Apple Watch before. These are convenience features um, that they're convenience features. <laughs> they're not official tests. They're not, even though they may be FDA approved or a heart association endorsed, they're not diagnostic tools. They're convenience tools. And that, that's a, a great way to, to put it and explain it. But I would also say that that's, first of all, definitely the situation as well with audio accommodations as the the feature as it exists in iOS 14.6 and earlier now. But I also think even something like an ECG where you did even get some kind of a blessing on it, that type of thing is more universal than hearing Mm -hmm. because human beings... I would say vast majority, 99.9% of us, our heartbeats the same or like it's generally verifying an issue or diagnosing an issue based on irregular rhythm is something that is fairly universal versus hearing. There's all kinds of different spectrum, as we even mentioned earlier, on hearing loss and is it profound is it not is it high frequency is it low frequency is it mid-range there's all kinds of different factors that go into that so that's why i think even getting the blessing of one of those groups is going to be more complicated and take a while and i I feel like there's definitely still going to be a need for audiology um and audiologists very solid points will yeah and they mentioned, too, these new bidirectional hearing aids. It's not something I've heard of before. It, it does sound like these are something that haven't even really come out yet. As they say in the last sentence there, the next generation models from MFI partners will be available later this year. I don't know exactly what bidirectional means, but if I had to take a guess, most hearing aids, they try to focus on voice and typically voice that's in front of you and they try Mm -hmm. to drown out what's behind you and as hearing aids have gotten more uh, sophisticated like the ones i currently have they have processors in them that know okay this is somebody's voice versus this is background noise and so it it does its best to separate those things it sounds like this bi-directional hearing aid may allow for that to happen in front and behind i can imagine if we see i i, I would love for apple to team up with a hearing aid company if mm-hmm. you look at what they're doing with their mics you have mics that are optional that are beam forming that can uh, locate background noise and minimize it so effectively i can imagine if apple 
partnered with a company or did it themselves as far as producing a pair of hearing aids. And, and the integration would be unparalleled. Obviously, we've seen like with AirPods and things like that. That would be yeah. very cool. I agree. And they've had a really good partnership with Resound in particular. They seem to be the leader of particularly MFI hearing aids. They were certainly the first. And that was actually the last set of uh, hearing aids that I have. And these are also Resound. Yeah, Resound has a really good reputation in the audiology world. Kind of like the bows of hearing aids. I sent this. It's actually my audiologist is uh, kind of a friend of mine, but he's the father of one of my good friends. We text about stuff like this, and I sent him this link, and he was like, wow, that's a lot of interesting stuff there. All in all, I think these are some amazing features. It's really going to help make technology more accessible for everyone. And we've just talked about features. The, the takeaway for me is think about the things that we do every day creatively, not even just productivity, but creatively. L look at how limitless we feel when we're interacting with something like an iPad. And when Apple adds these accessibility features for people that are that do struggle with visual impairments, hearing impairments, uh, mobility limitations, whatever it may be, Apple adds these features and it breaks down some of these barriers that were maybe making it difficult. The next Vincent van Gogh may have a, a mobility limitation, or maybe they can't hold a, the, the paintbrush a certain way or so on and so forth. And I know it sounds like I'm reaching with this, but it's really, we have all this hidden talent. And until these features are implemented, we don't know. All these ideas are just in hiding. Yeah, th there's a story, there's a lot of them out there, but there's a story in particular, and I think it got turned into a book, and I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but gosh, it was like the man who got trapped in his own head or whatever. Anyway, the story goes, he, was, he grew up completely normal. One day he... I think he got diagnosed with something, and he just started to go downhill, and downhill being like he lost his motor function, and then basically he lost everything except his cognitive function. But his parents thought he was not aware of what was happening around him. Not necessarily brain dead, but just he couldn't communicate. His name is Martin something. I'll try to look it up. Martin Pistorius, that's his name. Oh, yes, Pistorius. You've heard of this before. Yes, yeah. I remember this. It, it, they call it locked-in syndrome. Mm. He lost consciousness when he was 12, and then he was in a vegetative state for three years. He began regaining consciousness around 16 and achieved full consciousness by 19. Through the span of this, he knew what was happening around him, and he said it was torture only being able to do things like watch the clock or count the time. So eventually, he literally talked himself and his brain out of the situation. But take somebody wow. like him where with more modern technology, we may have been able to tell, okay, something's actually going on here. And then he could use something like the, the eye tracking functionality that we mentioned before the and, point is there's so many stepping stones to all these things to productivity despite whatever accessibility limitations you may have 
And yeah. I think Apple's goal here is really to make accessibility limitations to feel imperceptible mm -hmm. as possible. And mm -hmm. by making these features a priority, you're allowing an even wider spectrum of creators, of professionals to really bring their skills to the table and produce something wonderful. If I can piggyback on that by sharing a, a personal story, I have a type of dwarfism called kinesis dysplasia, and I'm a little person, and so I'm only four feet tall. And my parents have known that I would be a little person since about two months before I was born. But I'm going to contrast this with Matt Roloff, who's also who is a popular little person celebrity. If you've ever watched Little People Big World on TLC, he is the, the patriarch of that show. He owns a farm. He loves mm -hmm. like all this equipment. He's severely limited by his mobility, but he has to walk with crutches and he has a different type of dwarfism than I do. However, he never let really that stop him. And someone once asked him, why do you like farming and doing what you do and driving all this big equipment and stuff? And he essentially was saying that for his generation, in particular, machinery was the equalizer between him and everybody else. So when I was born, my dad, he loves to tell this story. It was the late 80s, and the internet was not even really existent. And so he had phone lines installed for internet because he was hearing something about this thing going on called the internet. He, he tells me, I knew you were never going to be a pro athlete or anything like that. So I wanted to give you all the tools that I could give you to be the best of what you could be. And so for me, comparing it to Matt Roloff, I feel like technology is the great equalizer for me. And whenever we continue to add these accessibility features, it continues to equalize more and more so that ideas can be focused on rather than the platform or the body, literally, on which they're being produced. I could not have said that better than you. The way that you articulated that, it puts the whole, it illustrates the whole picture of why mm -hmm. this stuff is so incredibly important yeah. when it comes to technology and having Don't the tools. Cry. I'm just incredibly grateful for our friendship because there's a lot of things that me and Will see the same way. And that's why we get along so well. We have such a deep appreciation for technology and, and things like that. But Will has opened my mind to so much. And, and I've really gained an understanding of why some of these things, chiefly with accessibility, are so important. And it, it's heartwarming to know that it has impacted your life in this way, that you feel it's a great equalizer. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and technology has always been such a deep part of my DNA, but when it's, when it becomes even a greater extension of who you are and what you can do, where the bar is set, very powerful. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we can add a human element to a show like this and hopefully it helps us stand out among <clears throat> others who might not necessarily have. The is this Appalachia Weekly or a little perspective? I don't know. I feel like I'm a getting little, a, little a little perspective today. For, the, for those of you who may not know, I also intermittently co-host a podcast with Will called A Little Perspective. And you started that earlier this year. I did. I just wrapped up season one. And ultimately, it's about having these 
deep conversations about different topics. We had the opportunity to sit down with David Pogue, huge technologist, NY Times, uh, CBS Sunday Morning. It was an incredible opportunity. I highly suggest you guys go and check that out, that episode out. It was a wonderful episode. We spoke on some very relevant topics regarding social media and discerning information from disinformation in this uh, digital age that we're deep, deeply invested in. I think that's a great place to end the show. It was great chatting with you, Will. A blast and happy Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Thanks, man. You too.